Hello and welcome to Creativity Uncovered. My name is Abby Gatling and I'm on a journey to uncover how everyday people find inspiration, get inventive and open their imagination. Basically, I want to find out how people find creative solutions at home, work, play and everything in between. My goal for this podcast is by the end of it, you'll be on for the whole suite of tried and tested ways to summon creativity the next time you need it. Now, today I'm speaking to Adam Stanecki, who is a self-confessed breath geek. He is a certified breathwork instructor and practitioner and a psychotherapist. Now, I'm super excited about this conversation because breathwork is something I know nothing about, and I'm really keen to learn how it relates to creativity and how it can help my creative practice. Welcome, Adam. Thank you, Abby. Thanks for having me. So I sort of gave it away in my intro but I'm kind of a novice in this area. And you are a functional breathwork instructor and more specifically certified Buteyko method instructor, mm. advanced instructor of the oxygen advantage and a trained breathwork practitioner. Like, whoa. Lots of words. Whoa, what is that? That's yeah. a lot. What, like, what is that? What do you do? What is breathwork? Take it away. Wow. I don't know if we have enough time. <laughs> I don't know if we have enough time. Well, breath work, especially here on the sunny coast where I live, is just, is just going gangbusters. And, I mean, I'm, I'm wrapped that it's doing so. It's quite amazing. Uh, and I suppose we're at the point where we're finally returning to this understanding that at the core of our existence is the breath. It's literally the only thing that keeps us tethered to this existence that we call life. Everything that we know is about breathing. When you stop, once you stop breathing, yeah. <laughs> you stop living. So I, I would, I would suggest to everyone that it's more important than food, water, exercise, pretty much everything. And yet we don't focus on it. So the fact that it's starting to get some attention now is is awesome. And you know, all of those labels and qualifications that you mentioned are just indications that I am absolutely geeking out on this stuff. And uh, my goal is to go as deep as possible so I can learn as much about breathing, respiration, how it relates to health and wellness and performance so I can help more people just uh, unlock this thing that we think, well, I'm, I'm alive, I'm breathing, I must be doing okay. But are you breathing well? Are you breathing as well as you can? Is yeah. there something you can discover that will help you focus, that will help you reduce stress, that will help you sleep better, maybe treat asthma or breathing dysfunction, sleep apnea. And then, of course, this discussion opens up, like, how, how can you use breath to get into a flow state, become creative, you know, have yeah. more creative output? Yeah. So it's, it's big, right? It's, it's, it's one little thing, but yeah. it's, at the core, it's at the core of everything. And that's kind of my thesis is that breathing is at the core of everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, we all breathe. <laughs> if you don't breathe, you're not alive, unalived. Yeah, we're doing um, it now. But what, I mean, functional breathing, what is that as a concept? Like what, what, how is functional breathing different from breathing to function and live? Well, the reason I use the term function or functional is I don't want to sound judgy. I don't want to say that this is the correct way of breathing or the right way of breathing and the way that you are breathing is wrong. So it kind of contrasts 
the idea of dysfunctional breathing with functional breathing. So I'm basically saying, oh yeah, when we, especially when we look at something like the Buteyko method, which was developed by a doctor in the Ukraine, it's about like returning to health from a place of being unhealthy or it's having illness or, or whatever the case may be. And the short, short story about Dr. Butego is that on his rounds, he discovered that the vast majority of people were over breathing, were breathing too much in his estimation. <laughs> yeah, breathing too much. Wow. And, and, you know, there are physiological reasons why this is problematic. So, you know, he formed a, his own idea and what was going on there. And if you look at, well, here's, here's the easiest way of conceiving of this. Think about someone who's stressed out or someone who's having an asthma attack or even a panic attack and, and think about how they're breathing. Like you've probably got a picture in your head right now. Oh, yeah. Fast, Did, shallow. Yes. yes. Labored, yeah, maybe. Erratic. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you, you, can, you can imagine these things. It's up high. It's in the chest. You know, often in the shoulders more than the chest. Absolutely. So contrast that to the picture you get in your head when you think about someone who's calm. Mm. Yeah, zen, chill. Breathing deep, deep yeah. breathing slow. Obviously, it's calm because they're calm. So this is this is the thing, right? It's the connection. Your breath's calm, then all of a sudden you're calm. Mm. Yeah. So that happens. That happens in a sort of a medical kind of illness context as well. Yeah. Where if you're over breathing, you're, you're mimicking this stressful state. Yes. So it's like fight or flight. Yeah. Whereas when you're breathing low, slow, deep. It's calming. Yeah. Okay. So by sort of taking control of your breathing, you are helping change some type of physiological state. Correct. There you go. That's the word, right? State change. State change. Yeah. So you're absolutely changing state. And I did this recently in a boxing gym where I had like 25 people and probably five of them were really uh, really interested in how breathing could help them become better at competing in boxing, whether that's actually in the ring or just for fitness. And then five people who had no idea why they were there. And then the rest, the 80% kind of partially interested. So because again, it's this thing, it's like I breathe, like when I'm throwing punches, I I don't get too out of breath. I might get a little bit out, isn't but isn't that normal? So I said to them, okay, if you don't believe me, just hold your breath. And hold it for as long as you can. And something is going to shift. Your state will change. It's, it's impossible not to change. You cannot hold your breath for a maximal amount of time and not have something change. So for most of those people, what it does is it puts them into a stress response, but it's managed because it's in a safe environment. So it's not, it's not the tiger chasing you in, you know, in the tundra somewhere. It's not that kind of a stress response, life or death. But it does shift you a little bit. It, it, it adjusts the way your nervous system is functioning. So there's always a shift. Now, if we can breathe in a way that makes us more stressed out or more alert or more focused, then we can do the opposite. We can breathe to calm ourselves down, to relax, to downregulate. So it's at, at the core of the core of breathing is state change. Yeah, yeah. 
So I guess like the first part I get would be being aware of your breathing, right? Because that, when you're breathing, have you studied normally, this stuff? Because you're like you're saying, <laughs> saying all I'm of the right stuff straight out of the gate. You're telling me that you don't understand it, but you clearly do. <laughs> I think you're a breath geek. I think I'm just a general geek. I'm just curious. Ah. Hence the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's my it. opportunity to get interesting people in the room and uh, and ask them all the questions that I would like to know. <laughs> well, what what I'm cu- curious about is, yeah, I mean, the first part is actually knowing knowing about your breathing and actually being yes. aware of your breathing. And I, I mean, I certainly know that when I get stressed or I'm coming up against a problem that I can't solve or, or just things are frustrating me, I can tell like that I'm getting frustrated or getting on the wrong path because I have a headache, mm-hmm. I have jaw ache, uh, you know, I clench my jaw and I'm giving myself this pain. I Quite often I'm frowning at a problem. And I'm just like, okay, this is not helping me. I need to stop. Mm-hmm. So that's me sort of being kind of reflective on this, going, okay, this is this is where I'm going on the wrong path. But maybe there are signs earlier through my breathing that I could be more aware of. So I'm avoiding having this headache and annoy this tension in my body. Like what how how can you recognize what like well, how does breath give you those little clues? Well, it can, but I think the most important thing is exactly what you said. It's becoming more aware. Mm. And so what that requires, and this extends beyond breath, is being more sensitive to what's happening in your body. Because mm. often we don't necessarily twig with what's happening in our mind. Like that, that kind of happens later because it's like an, an, an organ is trying to assess itself, like the brain's trying to assess the brain. The brain does a better job of working out what the body's doing. So becoming more sensitive to what's happening in the body, and and you may well be aware of this, there's been this huge push over, I'd say the last decade, with this concept of mindfulness, yeah, which almost became too big. And I think to a certain (laughs) extent we've forgotten what mindfulness means, but if if we strip it back and we take out the spiritual context, which is still wonderful, but let's say we just push that to the side for the moment. Then you've still got the colouring in and all that sort of stuff, right? (laughs) Well, but you think about the colouring books. The colouring books are brilliant because all they're doing is giving you a point of focus. And so you're aware of the activity that you're doing right now. So if we strip back mindfulness and we just understand that at its core, again, I keep using the word core, but right in the middle there is awareness. Now, so how do you become more aware of what your experience is? you have to practice. So that might just be sitting quietly and doing nothing and not even focusing on the breath. I mean, God forbid Adam says don't focus on the breath for a moment. But if you just sit, <laughs> you'll, know, you'll notice what's happening with your breath. Yeah. You'll, you'll notice where you're holding tension in your body. Yeah. And so this gives you the the skill set the sensitivity that when you're working and you tense up you notice that earlier yeah and, well, and breath might be one of the things that you you could become more sensitive to so there'd be a couple of things like you you could become more sensitive to which orifice you're using to breathe because as far as i'm concerned there's like really 
Only in rare circumstances do you need to use your mouth to breathe. It's not designed for breathing. It's like oh. your, it's like <laughs> the you. escape, it's like the escape valve or the emergency access unit or something like that. Yeah, wow. We don't need it. Yeah. Assuming the nose is working correctly, which we can get into later, that gets a little bit technical. Yeah, yeah. But if you can determine where you're breathing, because again, if we if we think about a panicked person, are they breathing through the nose or the mouth? I don't know. Maybe the mouth. You'll know next time. I guarantee you the next time. You <laughs> I have to pay goes. attention. They're yeah. very rarely breathing through the nose. It's almost yeah. panting through the mouth all the time. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't no. that doesn't help with the the actual mechanics of breathing. Right. Wow. Because it, it leads to it leads to faster, bigger, higher breathing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just close your mouth, all of a sudden your breathing becomes more functional. Can't do it while we're talking. It's a bit hard. <laughs> That's hard to multitask. Yeah. 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 It and is. now, now I'm very aware of how I'm breathing. I'm like, do I breathe through my mouth? I can't remember. Know, this happens to everyone breather? I talk to. All of a sudden, <laughs> this little light bulb goes off, and a, a, a switch gets flicked, and people are like, but how do I breathe? What's going on? I've never really paid attention to that, and I'm like, okay, my job's done. This is great. Because as you said, the most important thing is becoming aware of how you breathe right now. And then if you need to make a change, and not everybody does need to make a change. Some people breathe like champions straight away. <laughs> Rare, but it happens. Mm. But mm. You, have to be, you have to know where you are right now. It's like anything. If you have, a, if you have a, a creative goal, if you have a project goal, if you, if you want to travel geographically, you've got to know mm. where you are, where you want to go to before you can work out what the path is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So going back to sort of my state where I'm like, oh gosh, I got my headache and my jaw sore, and I know mm-hmm. I need to break the circuit so then I can come back and retackle this thing that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. How so how I do that normally is like go for a walk, I take my mind off it, I do something else completely unrelated, probably that mindfulness sort of type of thing. Um but how can you use breathing to overcome these blocks? And how does that work? And how can you do it? Mm, such a good question. <laughs> so, number one, we talked about the idea of mindfulness and awareness, and, and you mentioned coloring books. Mm. And the reason coloring books work is they absolutely take your mind off what you were just doing and they give you something to focus on pretty much intently. Mm. Because if, I don't know, if any of your listeners and maybe you are anything like me, if I get a colouring book, I don't want to go out of the lines. <laughs> okay. so I, to do it, I have to concentrate or else I'm just scribbling on a piece of paper. Yep. So there's some kind of idea of doing it right or doing it well enough, you know, without getting crazy about it. Hmm. I mean, it's not an exciting or uh, beneficial activity to be doing coloring in a coloring book if you stress out about how well you're doing yeah, yeah so and the Adding same to with, the stress then i think exactly. this, is, like, this yeah. is not helpful at all yeah i've just got something else to stress out about yes but so what, for creatives then um you know having to perform as a creative day day in and day out trying to summon that creativity is is really hard mm. like how and so i mean that's that's in the creative space. Then there's all, all sorts of other things at work. You might be problem solving. Something might be niggling away. 
for me recently, DIY in the house, trying to figure out how to do things myself. Yeah. How can creative creatives or people who would just want to break through a block? What is a simple thing that they could do just to give them that reset? Sure. So this this answer will answer both that question and the one before, like what do I do as almost a, a stop when I need to press pause? Yeah. So much like the colouring book can be a point of focus to take your attention away from whatever it is that's bothering you and mm. give you the ability to reset, the breath can be the same thing. Mm. So it can become your focal point. Now what's additionally wonderful about focusing on the breath is you get the other benefits as well. So instead of just like going for a walk where you change your environment and maybe you get some fresh air and you move your body around or doing the coloring book or any other number of things that you could do that may be a distraction or, or may be beneficial. When you focus on the breath, there's, there's three aspects of breathing that become really important. There's the biochemistry of breathing. So when you focus on your breathing, even if I asked you just to pay attention to how you're breathing now while I'm talking, mm a number of things are going to happen that will adjust your breathing back to a more normal functional rhythm. Almost invariably, unless your nose is blocked, you'll shut your mouth. So you'll breathe through your nose, which allows you to filter, moisten, warm, sterilize, do all this wonderful stuff with the air that's coming in. And, and it slows it down as well, which is good. Like So there's not this big rush of air into your lungs so you don't get inflammation and irritation. It slows down a little bit when you start thinking about it. It deepens. Mm. All these things kind of happen naturally because your body knows how to breathe. It's just that our frontal lobe gets involved and off we go into this little realm of breathing in some weird way that doesn't really help us too much. However, when you sort of go, okay, it's time just to chill out, I'm going to think about it, without me telling you how to breathe, you'll breathe better. Yeah. So that helps with that helps with your biochemistry. So basic biochemistry being your balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide. Oxygen goes in, carbon dioxide goes out but there's a little bit more to it and it gets involved and I will geek out and get really excited and everyone will stop listening. So I won't get into that right now, but if anyone wants to ask and get in touch and I can talk about that for hours. <laughs> yeah. Then there's the biomechanics of breathing. So where you're breathing in your body. Now, if you're breathing up in your shoulders, you're going to create tension in your shoulders and your neck, which often leads to a headache, leads to tension in the jaw. So all of a sudden, without even having to think about that, if you slow and deepen your breathing, and when you breathe through your nose, your diaphragm is more likely to work more correctly, which is the, the major breathing muscle, which moves up and down. So that takes all of the stress out of the shoulders, or at least some of the stress out of the shoulders, and potentially less of a headache. We move back to biochemistry for a moment. If you're not getting enough oxygen to your brain because you're breathing too much, and if there's not enough carbon dioxide in the body, the blood, vessels close up a little bit as well so you don't get enough oxygen to your brain that gives you a headache so all of a sudden you've done two things just by focusing on your breathing but really you're not thinking about that stuff you're thinking about i just need to press pause and the third thing's mind body connection or psychophysiology so we've got this great uh, nerve called the vagus nerve so you might have heard of vagal tone and heart rate variability and all these wonderful things that science is starting to look at now about how we can calm our nervous system so the, the, the vagus nerve is like about, it's an information superhighway. And give or take 80% of the information goes from the body to the brain. So the body is communicating upwards. Now, if 
you breathe in a certain fashion, the biomechanics change, the biochemistry changes, your body starts to register that it's a bit more relaxed. It sends an I'm relaxed message up to the brain and the brain goes, ah, alrighty then, not so stressed. And that can honestly, like I have people who don't necessarily want to get into breath practice with patterns and counting and breathe this way and do breath holds and do it for this long and okay, sit down for 10 minutes. Don't have 10 minutes, sit down for five minutes and just sit and just focus on your breathing. Don't even aim to change anything. It'll, it'll change by itself. That's, yeah, well, you're really earning your geek status there by doing that answer. We've even started. So much more geek. <laughs> it's kind of like you start focusing on your breathing and you sort of trick your body into feeling like you're calm. And then, then you become calm because of that. It's, yeah, it's almost. Sort of... <laughs> almost. So I would argue that you're not really tricking your body. Because you're sort of forcing it. Well, <laughs> Encouraging it's, it. It's not even that you're forcing it. It's just that it's a, it's a beautiful feedback loop. Mm. Use the power of your mind to decide to make a change to your state. That change is about the breath. By focusing on the breath, it naturally calms down and relaxes. Now, if you're really uh, if you're really stressed out, you may need to do a particular exercise. But then the body responds, and it sends the information up. So it's not it's not so much a trick because it's happening at a physiological level. It's not just a psychological level. Like something like um, a positive affirmation. And, and there's science behind how they work and how they don't work and when they work and when they don't. But that's all psychological. So if you say something that you don't believe, you can try and trick yourself. But it's not physiological. You know, it's not actually happening. It's, it's, it's only conceptual. So. Well, that's cool. That's interesting. And that's so why I like, like it. <laughs> I feel like you could talk about this. For ages, it's, uh, it's there's so many levels to it, and and you mentioned before, um, sort of like different types of breath work, you know, buteco and other ones. Are they how different are they, and are there any particular ones that are better for people trying to inspire creativity or not, or is it kind of like a what works best for you personally? The last one, definitely. What works best for you personally? So we'll, let, let's go through the three areas that, that I work with. And that's, that's not the full extent of breath work. So the Buteco method is largely about returning to a healthy baseline. So we're taking people from dysfunctional breathing to functional breathing. So you can think about asthmatics, think about people who snore, people who have sleep apnea, COPD, a whole range of different issues that are not serving like we, stuff we want to move away from so we can get to a at least healthy baseline so that's what the Biteco method's all about and you can use it to take that further but that's sort of the way I think about it and then the man that I learned that from his name is Patrick McKeown if anyone wants to look at someone who's more of a breath geek than me he's the man he's just absolutely amazing he created a, a, another method that kind of expands on the Buteco method and it's called the oxygen advantage. So there's an overlap that some exercises are shared between both methods, 
but then he expands it out to how do we look at using the breath to improve performance? So he does performance type breathing. So there are, there are exercises that mimic high altitude training. So you don't have to go up a big hill somewhere and live there for six months to benefit from the training effect of high altitude. You can actually do breathing exercises that do it. Fascinating stuff. And then there's the more what I call therapeutic breath work, which is the term breath work normally refers to more journeys, more sort of psychotherapeutic, like go in, do a big breath, Maybe you journey to the astral plane. Maybe you just get some kind of uh, somatic release of some tension you've been holding. And there's a lot of research in and around this. So, so one of the methods would be holotropic breath work. There's also rebirthing breath work, shamanic breath work. There's a, there's a whole bunch of them. And as I said, especially here on the Sunshine Coast, there's a lot of people doing it. I was going to say, it's very Sunshine Coast. <laughs> yeah, it just seems to have been the hub in Australia. I don't know why that is. Uh, and you get sound healing with it and and things like that will come into it and it's it's something that came out of at least the holotropic model of breathwork came out of the psychedelic revolution of the 60s so um Stanislav Grof and his wife I think it's Christina I always forget her name I'm so sorry they were like in that early kind of um nexus of psychedelic research with LSD with Timothy Leary and uh, Richard Alpert, who became Ram Das, all of all of that crew, and then LSD and psychedelic research got canned by the government. But Stan and Christina started to look into how breathing in a certain way could get into a similar state. So now we're back to state change again. So. I know that's a kind of a long way of explaining the three different models. And your question was, how can creatives use it? So if we go backwards this time, something like holotropic breathwork or a breathwork journey allows you to get into a state that it's almost as if the thinking mind switches off for a little while and you get to the deeper level of consciousness. And for creatives, that's pretty much where the work happens. Like the, it's, not, it's not really conscious work. Like art, I would argue, art comes from the subconscious. It's, you know, it's things that you've picked up from a long time. When you're in a flow state, you're not really thinking, you're just doing. Absolutely. So, it's very emo it can be very emotional, I think. Yes. Art, art is not a very, I mean, a lot of art is not super logical. It's it's about this passion and inner, inner emotion trying to yeah. come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed completely. So that would be one, one way that someone could use breathing. Then there's also, you could have a look at how can you focus and calm the mind? So that might come out of something like the oxygen advantage or pranayama exercises or like my favorite sort of calm, calmly focusing exercise is called box breathing, which is, which oh, yeah. we can talk about in a moment. That's wonderful. It's a really simple pattern. Apparently like special forces soldiers use it before missions. And like the way I think about it is, if the most elite warriors on the planet are using it in life and death situations, like, Must be clearly good. it works, <laughs> or they wouldn't use it. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, I, I have a small amount of exposure to that through yoga practice, but um, mm. it's certainly 
certainly was good. And I've only just realized that, yeah, a lot of yoga is breathing. <laughs> I just only realized that right now. Yeah. But, and that was great for me that, you know, I would try and go before work. And sometimes I'd be very stressed being like, I've got this deadline. I've got this other thing coming up. I, I need to design that logo by 3 PM or whatever. And then not be feeling myself at all and go in there and that box breathing. And um, I can't remember what the other style of breathing was, but where you um you sort of breathe in for six and then next time you try and go seven and eight and you're increasing it and then decreasing it. Um, that straight away put me into this very calm state and allowed me to be open to enjoying my yoga class and put the other stuff out of my mind. Yeah. So, who knew? Hey, who knew? Who knew it was all about pranayama? Right? <laughs> pranayama is, at, at, excuse me, absolutely the key of yoga. I think that most modern yoga misses that point completely. It's more interested in the movements and the postures. The reason they exist is sort of secondary to the breathing. You put yourself in these positions, and then you have to be able to breathe to relax into the position, or you don't get the benefit of the position or you don't get the benefit of the movement. And I, I know of very few practitioners of yoga in Australia that actually have any understanding of how the breath connects it all together. And it's, it's just been missed in, in transmission. But it's, it's not too hard to come back to it. A pranayama is amazing. Like the amount of different practices within like that library of breathing knowledge, it's just amazing. It's just amazing and overlaps with all of the stuff that I've studied, Like it completely overlaps. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I did a little sneaky stalk of you and so you have a bunch of videos on all this sort of stuff, which is, mm. um, I try not to watch too many so I can ask you as many questions as possible, but definitely going to go check them out after this. Is that the best way for people to um, get in touch with you or find out more about breath work, I suppose? Well, if they want to sort of get a broad understanding of how focusing on breath can help and what the different practices are. Yeah, YouTube, I've got, I don't know, up to, I'm getting close to 200 videos now and um, all about breath. So it's just, the channel's just called Breathe with Adam. Uh, yeah. So they can find that. Yeah, um, and I'll include that link in, in mm, all our promo stuff you. as well. So that's probably the easiest way just to get some information rather than having to feel like they need to have a conversation with me. And if they want to do that as well, that's fine. I mean, just... Find me on socials, breathe with Adam, or you can go to my website. It's just first name, last name dot com, adamstenicky.com. Easy enough to find. Yeah. And even like your um YouTube channel and um, you know, all the different videos that you're doing, that itself is a very creative practice. How do you yes. come up with the ideas for those and and how do you keep yourself on track with actually, you know, producing these and getting them out there into the world? It's just paying attention most of the time. So the first thing I did was I fed my own geek needs and thought about the things that I wanted to learn about a little bit more and created content on those. So that was sort of scratching my own itch. So I did some deep dive videos. So if anyone goes back to sort of the earlier videos that I put out on that channel, they're sort of five to 10 minutes, maybe even longer, uh, talking about concepts in depth. And then I thought the best thing to do would be after that would be to create a library of what the exercises actually are. So if someone discovers the Buteyko method and they, they find the exercise called breathe light and they don't know how to do it, 
All right, I'm just going to put up a quick instructional in five minutes. This is what the technique is. Now, clearly there's more to it than that and when should you use it and how should you use it and when's it best applied and what's it for. And, but it's there now. And then I was listening to people, like what, what are people's actual problems? What do they want to solve? So our discussion is how can you be more creative? So I guarantee you in the next couple of weeks, I'll be like, okay, for creative people, try this breath practice, see how you go, let me know. And that's sort of how the, the videos come to pass. There's not a lot of creativity in how I film them. <laughs> Sometimes I just get the camera and I'm like, oh, my phone's got a really nice focus setting on it. And I just press record. And I talk a lot of garbage and then out of eight minutes, I'll get a 30 second clip. <laughs> There's all a numbers game then, right? Well, yeah. yeah, to a certain extent, yes, because there is just so much information on this. Mm. You know, I, could, I could make a video every day and never cover out all of the different bits and pieces about breathing that I could think about and that I could share. So, you know, largely for me at the moment, it's connecting what people can get out of breathing with the practice of actually breathing. Because people understand if you want to get fit, you go to a gym and you exercise more or you download a workout plan or you just do a bunch of push-ups and a bunch of sit-ups and go for a run around the block. You do something, you move your body, you eat a little bit better and your body will respond. But people don't necessarily understand that to get better at breathing, you do actually need to practice. It's not just, oh, I'm stressed at the moment. I'm going to do box breathing for five minutes and away you go. That will help in that moment. But what about not getting stressed in the first place? What about you Whoa. practice in advance? <laughs> what about you use all of these tools to put you in a calmer state? So your baseline is calmer. You're less likely to get stressed out. And then if you need it, you can use that technique right then and there. But maybe you don't need it anymore because your entire being is calmer and you've, because you're focused on the breath. Because your biochemistry is nice and balanced. Your mechanics are better. You're not as stressed up in the top part of your body. And your mind and body are calm. Your nervous system's calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Build it into your everyday practice and then you won't need it in the emergencies. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's a, That was... Um such an interesting conversation and I feel like I could ask you a thousand more questions but I really appreciate you coming on on board today Adam and, and talking to me about that I'll definitely um include all your links to your videos and your website in our promos so people can if they want to find out more they can they can contact you with that um and I just want to also say thank you to everyone who has tuned in today for creativity uncovered and I really hope that this episode has inspired you and it can help you summon your creativity the next time you need it. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. If you've made it this far, a huge thank you for your support and tuning into today's episode. 
Creativity Uncovered has been lovingly recorded on the land of the Cubby Cubby people, and we pay our respect to elders past, present, and emerging. This podcast has been produced by my amazing team here at Crisp Communications, and the music you just heard was composed by James Gatling. If you liked this episode, please do share it around and help us on our mission to unlock more creativity in this world. You can also hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episode releases.